Welcome back to the Advent Calendar House, a salute to all holiday specials, but mostly the Christmas ones, even the ones that try to sneak in another holiday just to confuse you. <laughs> Today we sail back to 1981 to dig up Rankin Bass's second-to-last and possibly most thrown-together stop-motion Christmas special ever, The Leprechaun's Christmas Gold. The name is Killikalarney. Blarney Killikalarney. Leprechaun by birth, goalkeeper by vocation, spinner of tales by choice. Like the one about how we leprechauns brought the Christmas gold back to Ireland. I am tiny but prolific cobbler who only makes shoes in primary colors, Mike Westfall. And joining me today is a man who insists on hiding his life savings in a magic cave. It's Michael D. Giovanni. Hello, D. Joe. Hello, Michael. Uh, I don't know if you knew this, but uh, my nickname back in high school was the Shamrock Eating Dragon of Belfast. Oh, of course. (laughs) (laughs) And it's the Lord of Leprechauns himself, Michael May. Hello, Michael. Faith and Bagora, it's good to be here. (laughs) (laughs) Bagora. So the Leprechaun's Christmas Gold. Mr. May, I believe it was you who called this one a personal (laughs) favorite, yes? (laughs) I'm going to be so alone. This is a personal favorite, actually. It's... uh, it's crazy. It's it's a it's a wacky thing, but I do like this. I don't watch it every year or anything, but uh, but I really enjoy popping it on. I wouldn't say I dislike it so much. And it's just it's definitely not an annual watch for me, but yeah. not even a St. Patty's Day. But, yeah, occasionally <laughs> I probably watch it more often on St. Patty's Day than I do on Christmas. There's not a lot of Christmas here. <laughs> no. There's not a lot of St. Patrick's Day either, but. It's just well, kind of there. It's kind of, well, this is a story in Ireland that takes place on Christmas, and here we go. Yeah. Well, it does have St. Patrick in it. It does. Right. Did you also discover this DJ as an adult rather than in 1981? Yeah, I never saw this one as a kid. No. I don't remember this being on the rotation, or my parents did the wise thing and just put on Little House on the Prairie quickly <laughs> and, and moved on. Uh, this one I ha- I I've only seen in my adult life, and I came across it on one of those like Christmas classic DVD collections where it's on the proverbial, using air quotes, side B of one of the 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 DVD discs, and I was like, the Leprechaun's Christmas Gold. All right, I'll give it a shot. Boy, howdy, <laughs> is it a shot? Uh, but. It yeah, I don't recall ever seeing this as a kid. I've only seen this maybe a handful of times in as an adult. I think that's a large portion of the population that's in our general age range can say the same. I didn't even know it existed. I caught it on TV. I caught it on the former ABC family. They snuck it in whenever they snuck it in. And I was intrigued enough to stick around and watch it, but not intrigued enough to tape it. But when should this be watched? I know you we we kind of already have touched on this. It's well, like th- this is hardly barely a Christmas special and I'm sure that this will become a point of discussion. But they the, the, it feels like this special Rankin and Bass this was a Christmas party dare <laughs> that they got themselves <laughs> into. 
where they were playing a drinking game and they went, you know, what'd be funny is try to match leprechauns with Christmas. And they went done. We'll do that next year. Well, here's what I think happened. I'm convinced the only reason this special exists was because Rankin Bass had the rights to the song Christmas and Killarney, and they needed to throw it in somewhere, so they had their usual guy, Romeo Muller, write a story. And here we are. Yeah, I think that Christmas and Killarney uh, ditty is where they probably went, we could do this. <laughs> we, have, we have that song. We, I'm, we can get Romeo to mull together some sort of story. That's the only piece that they probably tried to use as a very flimsy launching pad because this is more of a St. Patrick's Day special. I mean, as you, we've already said, I mean, St. Patrick is in it. There's no Santa. Mm, I mean, no. But yeah. the logic here is, I'm assuming, is that at in 1980, 81, was they were convinced that, well, people won't watch holiday specials that aren't Christmas. So we've got to make it a Christmas special. Oh, could be, could be that. Yeah, I like my pet theory was always that they developed this as a St. Patrick's Day special and just realized that nobody's wanting a St. Patrick's Day special. So we'll just shoehorn Christmas into it. But um, I think, Mike, your or Westfall, your uh, uh, your theory about starting with the song, I think that's probably uh, more realistic. That's because that is, you know, that that song is a kind of Christmas classic for a lot of people. Oh, yeah. Well, I haven't talked up Romeo Muller enough on this podcast. He's the writer of most of Rankin Bass's output. That includes things like Rudolph and Frosty and all of the classics, but it also includes things like their version of The Hobbit. Um, another notable series of cartoons he wrote were Puff the Magic Dragon. There were a whole bunch of those. So they must have had the rights to Christmas and Killarney, or it might have very well been, let's do a St. Patrick's Day special. Well, this isn't working out. Let's go back to Christmas. Hey, here's a song we have. They have him write a story about it, and it's barely about it, but it's a story. It It is that. I think we can say it's a story. There is there's some semblance of a story here. Yeah, the, Romeo Mueller is like, this guy, I agree, doesn't get enough credit as the rank and best because he is pretty much i I would argue 90 95 percent of all of their holiday holiday output if you check the credits he's the guy that's done the screenplay Mm -hmm. he had a very thankless job with this one (laughs) so i'm going to disagree with you there I, i like the story of this i totally agree it's not very christmassy um but like if this was a straight up St. Patrick's Day um, special, like I would be watching this every St. Patrick's Day. Absolutely. And and the reason that I don't is because they try to put Christmas in there. And it is this weird kind of trying to meld those two holidays together in a weird way that that doesn't really work. But just as kind of a fantasy St. Patty's kind of story, like I, I really like this one. Yeah. And I, I th- that's where I'm with you. I think where it gets offensive is this. Wait a minute. This is supposed to be about Christmas. Like all they do is they insert Christmas into sentences. They just go, <laughs> well, that, that that gold, that's Christmas gold. Why? Doesn't matter. It's just Christmas gold. Yeah. You know, like they just they there there's no uh iconography of Christmas other than the Christmas and Killarney song that we've mentioned. Everything else, it's like they were in post, they just added in 
Christmas. Like they just said that in certain phrases and they went, all right, we're done. Like, yeah, it feels a lot like that. There's more Christmas in Die Hard than there is in this, people. Uh, oh, gotcha. <laughs> this special feels like an outcast. It doesn't even have its own page on Wikipedia. But I think it's largely because it has this identity crisis going on with it. Um, but another thing I wanted to touch on, thank goodness this is only a 25-minute special. Can Ooh. you imagine how much crazier <laughs> it would have been if they tried to stretch this out to an hour? It's thankfully very short. <laughs> I That is a, one of the smart decisions here is that it, it this thing is brisk. It moves along. You don't you you, it, you don't even really have a chance to go and nitpick about stories or go that song is weak because there's just not a a lot here. It's so I mean it's it's twenty plus minutes. Yeah, not the shortest, but close to it, and and has about the same runtime as as Frosty the Snowman, but it feels way shorter. Uh, but that's to its advantage, I think. I think if they tried to stretch this out any longer than it already is. Yeah, sure, you get to the end and it's just like, oh, it's over. But it's probably for the best. Yeah. But let's start from the beginning. We open with our narrator, Blarney Killikalarney, <laughs> voiced by Art Carney. And last time we heard from Art Carney on this podcast was the Star Wars Holiday Special. <laughs> <laughs> Two of my favorites. <laughs> And here, here he is and everyone else doing their best Irish accent. And Art's fine here, I think. Yeah, he's uh, he's the right choice. I mean, he he feels uh, appropriate and he I think he pulls it off. Yeah, I was trying to remember, like, I don't know what his background is. Like, if he's originally from Ireland or what, but uh, I don't know. I didn't get my hackles up or anything when I saw his name. Like, you know, if it was somebody like... Uh, I don't know, Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> you know, would have been <laughs> weird. Art Carney is not so weird. <laughs> well, he's telling the story of how the leprechauns brought the Christmas gold back to Ireland, and by 1981, Rankin Bass has dropped the charade of, oh, you haven't heard this story? No, we haven't. No one has. <laughs> <laughs> so he launches right into the tale of Dinty Doyle, the cabin boy, who's sailing back to Dublin on Christmas Eve. What's that? A tiny pair of coat tails. A little people. Leprechauns! And the voice of Dinty is Ken Jennings, not the Jeopardy guy. This is Broadway actor Ken Jennings, known to the theater world for his portrayal of Tobias Rag and Sweeney Todd. And for my theme park nerds listening, he was in a short-lived attraction at Epcot Center called the Astuter Computer Review. If you were at Walt Disney World between 1982 and 1984 and remember a tiny little hologram guy in a straw hat singing and dancing on top of a row of computers, that's Ken Jennings, who gets to sing later. <laughs> wow, deep, deep cut. Oh, Holy. yeah. But Dinty the cabin boy is sent to dig up a pine tree from an uncharted island his captain is found. Okay, I got to jump in here. The Do guy, it. the entire fault... The whole reason we get into this mess of this story is this captain of the Bell of Aaron here. Yeah. This guy who claims, I always have a Christmas tree on the boat, but oh yeah, I forgot it this year. Oops. Well, good, 
<laughs> good one. First of all, you know, wait, this he's this kind of he looks like a drunkard too. this captain. I've got to say oh, yeah. him now just forgetful Jones here forgets about the tree <laughs> that he brings every year and sends his this din, uh, dindy to an island just sends him by himself out onto some like remote island. The, 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 the fault of this entire, this entire story lays on this captain. I think that must be, that must be put out. I like that you called him forgetful Jones. I think they have the same mustache. (laughs) Uh, But as luck might have it, here comes an island they've never seen before with a single pine tree that's just the right shape growing on the shore. And that part's fine. I'm a Jersey Shore baby. I can assure you that part checks out. Mm -hmm. But Dinty starts digging up this tree. He spots a bunch of leprechauns watching him and decides, huh, neat. Well, back to digging up this tree. And if this is such a an important tree, how strict was this law enforced? Because these leprechauns just watch the stranger come up, and I might mind and say it's the kids that have to point out, should he be doing that? <laughs> the adults just playfully, gleefully watching, and then they're like, Ma? Dad? It's like, Guys, isn't your one responsibility on this island is to <laughs> protect that tree? Yeah, but leprechauns are notoriously shy. They're they're, uh, they're not going to just run out. And I, I can't believe I'm going to be defending the logic of this show. But. Please do. Someone needs to. Please do. We're going to be going toe to toe this whole time. Yeah, I, I argue it's going to be pretty weak. I think. But well, we uh, we soon find out that the tree was there to seal away a banshee. And up she rises, wailing, free at last! Free! Free at last! A storm! A storm to celebrate my freedom! <laughs> and did either of you immediately think of the opening of Power Rangers like I did? <laughs> mm. <laughs> it's Rita on no. the moon after 10,000 years! I'm finally free! <laughs> free! Uh that's funny. Uh, the voice of the Banshee is credited to Christine Mitchell, who is known for this. And that's it. <laughs> that's it. Sorry, Mag. Yep. So Dinty doesn't see Mag the Hag. All he sees is a storm she conjures to celebrate her freedom, followed by a rainbow that points the way to a hidden cave covered by shamrocks that opens to reveal the leprechaun's gold. And here comes our opening song. Everyone knows that rainbows end in gold. Uh, oh boy. Uh, <laughs> the most Chris way to kick off a Christmas special with the most joyous and festive Christmas song you could possibly do, right? It's very 1970s folk, even though it's 1981. <laughs> oh, man. It was throwing me back to the Rankin Bass Hobbit very much. Yes. I would think there'd probably be a lot of parallels to the Hobbit with this one more so just even with the look and feel of the 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 design of the uh, of the special mm-hmm. it just it's so fascinating how out of left field this is from their other stuff from their other christmas specials so i mean it accomplishes that as it's singularly unique against their other uh, their other works yeah and i love the design of the leprechauns too like they they look really cute and they do. Uh, especially like 
the Art Carney one that you know it looks a little bit like Art Carney, but it's not just completely like trying to. Um, it's not like Fred Astaire in in uh, Santa Claus is Coming to Town, where it's obviously Fred Astaire, but he's just he's a little leprechaun, but he kind of has a little Art Carney in him. Um, but yeah, I like all those guys. Yeah, I think they. I, I definitely agree. How he's just Art Carney looking enough so that it's not weird looking. Yeah, right. Like earlier this season, we did Frosty's Winter Wonderland, and they tried to draw Andy Griffith, and it just did oh not work out. <laughs> oh boy! This yeah, is more that... of a in a, in the Jack Frost special. They made a groundhog that looks like Buddy Hackett, and it's more like that. <laughs> yeah, and I like the look of Mag the Hag too. Like she's uh, oh yeah, she's pretty cool. Oh, she looks excellent. Yeah, she's got that classic Rankin Bass design. Mm-hmm. As soon as you kind of see her pop out of the ground. It just feels like an, you can tell you, I, even if I didn't know this was a Rankin Bass, you'd go, it has just all the hallmarks of their type of style and art, you know, uh, character design. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. She looks great. Yeah. She's up there with winter warlock for me. Like she's, she's just an iconic looking bad guy. They do kind of look similarly too. Now you mentioned a little it. bit. Yeah. Well, out pops Blarney to try and fight off Dinty with his sword, which immediately breaks on Dinty's ankle. And <laughs> Blarney says, oh, lad, I hope I didn't hurt you. Well, then don't hit him with a sword, man. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> sort of passive aggressive there a bit. <laughs> I, I get it. Guy comes in super excited when he sees gold looks like it's a thief. But Dinty explains himself and apologizes for getting overwhelmed with greed for a minute there. And Blarney introduces himself as the principal patriarch of the clan Killikalarney. And Dinty asks, were those Killikalarneys I saw on the shore? And Blarney admits, I don't know. I haven't spoken to my family in a hundred years. Which, yep, he's Irish. Totally a thing. (laughs) (laughs) I was raised half Irish, half German, and that's a lot of stubbornness over stupid stuff. (laughs) So Blarney invites Dinty into his little bunker i guess to tell him the story of why he doesn't talk to his family anymore meanwhile outside is mag the hag who content to just slip a potion down what i guess is effectively a chimney hole in this hill covered in shamrocks right into a boiling pot of tea and then she's just gonna sit and wait and see what happens next Barney keeps checking. Up, oh, still too hot. Didn't the banshee just emerge from a spring of bubbling water out of the sand get down in there Right. (laughs) She doesn't have to be invited. That's vampires. So Blarney explains there are two clans of leprechauns, the Killikalarnies, who mine for gold, and the O'Clogjiggers, who make shoes. I thought that was elves, but close enough. Yeah, and I was, I guess if we're getting into elf logic, I guess there'd be also the uh, the cookie makers as well, but we don't want to go down that tangent. (laughs) Oh, that's a different movie. Um... (laughs) So here, Blarney married Faye O'Clogjigger and united the two families. They lived in harmony, eating, sleeping, begatten. Slid that one in there. <laughs> yeah, I like that. Just as like they go ahead and close the door after being married. <laughs> and out he comes says, a family. Yep. <laughs> Slightly subjective. Yeah. <laughs> and here's where we get Art Carney's song, The Golden Gold of Ireland. Oh, the golden gold of Ireland's only seen by leprechauns. We mine it in the middle of the night 
and we chop it into nuggets and we pile it into pots, which we bury for the early morning light. Uh, it's another short montage of leprechauns mining for gold after which he explains leprechaun gold attracts rainbows and that's what led the banshee to them. Okay. You could have used the song to explain that. Other than that, it's not a lot of these songs besides Christmas and Killarney, which we talked about, really hold up. They're just kind of here for time filler. Yeah, they fall kind of just like elevator music. It's just so background. Nothing really stands out uh, in this. Nothing is even silly or bad enough to really for you to recognize it's just all wallpaper like audio wallpaper to yeah. me like the songs are just there yeah none of them are showstoppers that's for sure they i think there's only four songs i think they're all pleasant songs and, and uh i remember when we talked about pinocchio like there's some songs that are just like uh just get this over and then there's other ones where you know they're kind of earworms and none of these are either one of those things. And so I guess like when we're looking at it is okay, they're just kind of bland, but um, and maybe it's just a Hobbit kind of uh, feel to it that I'm connecting to you. But I really, um, I think they're all pleasant songs. I really enjoy them. Um, even if they're not like the highlight of the special for me, there you are appropriately the boiled potatoes of the Rankin Bass music catalog. <laughs> <laughs> if ever there was a time to have music that was akin to boiled potatoes, this was the one. <laughs> Well, here is where we get into Banshee lore. They're like Mogwai rules, so pay attention. Here's how this special, (laughs) and only this special, explains how Banshees work. (laughs) Yeah, these are not, like, I had to look this up. This is not rooted in any sort of Irish Banshee lore. This is just, we gotta make up some rules. So a Banshee must obtain gold by Christmas morning every year, or else they dissolve into tears forever. But a banshee can't take gold. They must be given gold. And that's where that potion comes in. It's a generosity potion that's supposed to coerce whoever drinks it into, here you go, I give you all my gold. And then the last banshee rule is a banshee can shapeshift into anything but can be instantly recognized by their unstoppable tears. Right. Uh, The Banshee's kryptonite. Okay, so let me get this right. This Banshee, pretty powerful, right? Can muster storms, cause earthquakes, just really can create some general mayhem. Why not just give her one nugget of gold? Why, to avoid all of this trouble that 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 the leprechauns go with, what is the reason for not just saying, listen, give her one piece of gold. She'll go away and never bother us again. But they are just content with having her do this and having to practically kill the hag. Like wh- Michael may, if do you want to defend said logic again? here? <laughs> Clearly she intends this gold for evil. Mike, I, uh, I don't know what more to say. Like she, she is a wicked, wicked, w- evil person. and. If she gets this, she's going to create a death ray and and take over the world and you're crazy for wanting to give her anything. I never thought of the death ray. That is a very good point. Yeah. (laughs) Always think about the death ray. The only 
in special reason they give it's just it's bad luck and can't be having that in ireland and that i guess they're greedy i mean we could yeah, just well. say <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> although they well yeah this is jumping ahead but they do end up giving it away on purpose they do but uh let's not jump ahead it's this last rule about the tears that's what helps bring us up to speed magda hag disguises herself as a fairy godmother and not a fairy godmother, a guardian angel and visits mm. Faye in her family's shoemaking shop. So first off, Faye is voiced by Peggy Cass. Sure, and I'm only making sense. And I'm telling you, it was the banshee what visited you. And I'm telling you, it was a good fairy, a guardian angel. Who I don't really know a lot about. IMDb tried to tell me I should know her from Auntie Mame. But sorry, y'all. My Peggy Cass <laughs> reference point is as Mitzi in Gidget Goes Hawaiian. Oh, my Lord. Uh, I don't know. It's just a random thing I watched on the Disney Channel, probably. But there we go. <laughs> and then here we get another quick song. Kill a Killarney Shoes. Kill a Killarney Shoes make you dance. And that's the last one before we get to to our headliner. Song's fine. But I'm more interested in these shoes. They only come in primary rainbow colors. It's yeah. straight up a Crayola box in there. <laughs> and they sing about one size fits all, which I'm not sure how that works. <laughs> Mm. leprechaun we can agree are weird weird <laughs> folk um and perhaps have some sort of strange color blindness that's happening here that they can only see very bright shocking colors those are good colors though like i like the colors of the shoes yeah, yeah. They, they color code them like my daughter's closet she likes to color code her clothes <laughs> and there's a rainbow theme going on here yes yeah, they love the rainbows. I forgot. They're they're big fans of the rainbows. Hope you all like bright orange clogs. <laughs> <laughs> oh, speaking of rainbows, like one thing I like about this too is the uh the explanation about how why there's always a pot of gold at the end of the rainbow, and it's because rainbows seek out pots of gold. Like they're attracted to the pots of gold. So it's not like leprechauns kind of stupidly hide their pots of gold at the end of rainbows, but uh the gold comes first Oh, that's pots. right. Yeah, that'll come into play later. But right here, there, everyone's singing and no one seems to notice this woman appear out of nowhere, tells Faye she's her guardian angel and warns her gold is the root of all evil. And she should get her husband to give away all that they've mined of it. And Faye doesn't know the banshee rules. So when Blarney tries to mansplain it to her, he calls her daft and they get into this big fight that we don't see. And Blarney leaves for the mine Says, I'm not going to come home, only to find that he's the only one there. So Mag appears and causes an earthquake that breaks a chunk of land off the Irish mainland, creating that uncharted island. And that's not how earthquakes work, but fine. It's a magic <laughs> fissure. <laughs> it drifted out to sea, they literally say. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Powerful Banshee. Just, just reminding you. Very <laughs> oh, powerful <yeah>. Banshee. <laughs> so this earthquake is where the commercial break is. And now, these messages. But the caregiver gives no. Imagine he's your pet. 
Always learn to care for Gizmo and never get him wet. Never, never. And make sure to keep him out of the light. And never, never feed him after midnight. Yes, never. It's fun to care for Gizmo. He's a lovable pet. I'll take care of you, Gizmo. He's a lovable And when we return... We're shown a map of Ireland and that peninsula of land disappearing and creating the Leprechaun's Island. So, of course, I had to look that up. <laughs> Blarney calls it the Phantom Island of Tralee, which sounds awesome. There is a town called Tralee in Ireland, but it's not offshore. It's kind of close, a bit north. There is an island a lot closer to the mainland, not nearly as small and not nearly as far out as it looks here. Uh but just offshore, the Bayara Peninsula is Dursey Island. Population as of 2016, four. Oh, my God. Wow. And that's average size humans at any rate. So I don't know how many leprechauns are on there. Uh-huh. <laughs> 17,000. There actually. it is. So clearly, Denty moved back there after he got buried and started a family. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> Uh, but after breaking off the land and into a phantom island, Mag the Hag appears before the Lord of the Leprechauns, and it's St. Patrick, y'all. Had to work him in. Yes. Of course. It's a Christmas special, after all. <laughs> 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 I, like the desi- I like the look of St. Oh, Patrick, yeah. though. Got the classic bishop's mitre, and it's, just, it's perfect. Mm-hmm. Well, no, I was just wondering, Meg. Who is it you can turn to tears? Uh, his voice is Rankin Bass regular Robert McFadden. He was the cricket in Pinocchio's Christmas when we last talked about him. Here he is summoning Mag because he was just wondering how can banshees turn into tears? And it's time for more banshee rules. Again, none of these appear to be legit Irish lore, but here we go. So banshees are created from tears. They can turn into tears freely, but without Christmas gold. They can't turn back and must stay tears. This beats Don't Feed Gizmo After Midnight by three years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this the the amount of backstory and plot of just what the Banshee rules are takes up a good third of this of this program. It mm-hmm. does. And it. Christmas morning is where they shoehorn in the holiday because it needs to be that precise. Well, Lord Patrick tricks Mag with the old can you show me how you turn into tears trick and Blarney runs in, seals up the puddle with a pine cone and St. Patrick makes the pine cone rapidly grow into a tree and we're back. We are now more than halfway through this special and we've gone over the actual special's running time to talk about it. (laughs) and we're only halfway through just to set up all that banshee lore to get back to Dinty realizing, oops, I just set free a banshee. Just in time for Blarney to take a sip of his tea that's been spiked with that generosity potion, but he realizes it right away. He's good, huh? Like, this guy is the the Batman of the leprechauns, clearly. (laughs) Like... (laughs) Quick little taste, and he's like, wait, hold up. I mean, and he plays possum a, a little bit, but he he knows he gets what's going on pretty fast. He does. Like, he's not, he didn't build up an immunity to it. But uh, but in walks Mag, gold, please. 
and Blarney's having this internal struggle trying not to give his gold to her. So in a pinch, he decides to give all his gold to Dinty. That's using your head. I don't think I could have made that decision in a pinch like that. <laughs> well, he's the only one else there. Yeah, I think it's pretty smart. Well, Blarney has Dinty promise not to let Mag have the gold. Let's see how long that lasts. Oh, it's about 20 seconds later. Uh. And Dinty finds a beautiful shipwrecked woman crying on the beach. 20 uh. seconds. Dint, this is like facepalm moment of the whole special. He is t- the very first person he meets, mind you, on a deserted island where... <laughs> To our knowledge at this point, there's about 11 leprechauns on. You don't think it's odd that there's another woman that just magically appears who is crying, which you have just heard this. <laughs> Did you, were you even listening? <laughs> all right. I'm going to jump in again because she, she, she's got a backstory. She's got this all figured out, right? She says that she is, she was shipwrecked there and that's why she's crying. Like some of the other disguises she has, is just like a normal whatever and then but it's crying all the time for no reason and this like she has thought this through and come up with a story to explain why she's crying um and it makes sense to him you have to if you live as long as a banshee has to and have to do this every year around christmas time you have to be on the ball (laughs) you get pretty creative at that you get good at it i guess Yeah. yeah got strong mysterio and far from home vibes right around here Oh, just give me your gold and I'll have the leprechauns build us a ship to sail back to Ireland. Wouldn't the poor folks in Killarney have a time with it? And that's it. That's how we get into the song. The holly green, the ivy green, the prettiest picture you've ever seen is Christmas in Killarney with all of the folks at home. Yeah, it's quite the segue uh, that that Mr. Mueller set up there. Uh, I mean, th- th- this number, I mean, if you need to make this feel Christmassy, this is about the only 70 seconds, 90 seconds that they where they even remotely try. I mean, there's some sort of Christmas tree structure. It's not really a tree. It's like this they have this almost like an effigy that they're burning almost. I don't even know. Uh, but th- this is the only moment in the in the entire special that kind of echoes Christmas feel and iconography. Like, yeah. Uh, yeah, you got like leprechauns dressed up as Santa, like one, like one gets on top of the other one and they put on like a long coat and a fake beard. Um but yeah, it's all in this little montage. This is it. Kind of flashback. Yeah, but yeah, this is it. But I, I uh, would guess if I if we could find a commercial for this special that was running in advance of its first airing, they would have had to have relied heavily in the edit to include moments from this song. The ending credits montage of this special at the end is mostly clips from this scene. <laughs> <laughs> they couldn't get out of the special without relying heavily on just this little uh, daydream. This is it, though. I mean, I, I you were so right, Mike, that the whole reason for being uh, for this whole the whole reason that this exists is because of this song. They were like they I'm sure they animated and did this sequence first and then went. 
Oh, okay. Now what are we going to do? Okay. <laughs> yeah. a, banshee, a banshee that cries. Let's go. Like, and maybe they sat on it too long because at this point, Bing Crosby is gone. Uh, yeah. By, by about five, six, seven years. But so they have the Ken Jennings sing it and it's fine. His version's yeah. fine, but they again, they keep it nice and short so they can keep the story going, I guess. I am going to nitpick one more thing, though. At the beginning of the this special, Blarney said Dinty's ship was sailing back home to Dublin, which is on the other side of Ireland from <laughs> Killarney, but whatever. <laughs> She's the one who brought up Killarney. It's her fault. I'm still. I was, I'm sitting here racking my brain. Like, did Bing Crosby do like a Rankin Bass special? Like, did he narrate any of the other ones? I don't think so. I, I, I can't I, think of one either. I don't think so. But man, he should have. Right. 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 They really, yeah, they really dropped the ball. I mean, um, White Christmas ends up in a the story of the first Christmas snow, but he's not in that. Yeah, she she lines out this whole plan of. I'll tell the leprechauns to build us a ship. Okay, woman I've just met. That's a great idea. Here's the gold. (laughs) And of course, here's where the Banshee reveals herself with a great little nightmare face turn. Face tears! You! Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's pretty terrifying. Turns around and it's still the pretty girl with the red eyes and fangs. Just a very nice touch they put in there to scare all the children. Mag puts Dinty to sleep for a hundred Christmases, and now we get this scene of leprechauns gathering around the sleeping Dinty like he's Snow White. (laughs) The person that they've known for literally 30 minutes. But it's, it's enough to have Faye realize, hey, maybe that guardian angel from a century ago... That was a hundred years ago, remember? <laughs> Maybe that might have been a banshee. Sorry, husband. Blarney apologizes too. And again, very Irish marriage thing happening here. How many people told you guys at your weddings never go to bed angry? Like everyone, right? <laughs> right. This is why you go to bed angry, you end up not talking for a whole century. And moving into a cave. And moving into a cave with all of your gold. (laughs) Well, their rekindled love summons St. Patrick in the sky now, directly underneath a very familiar looking star. Look, it's another Christmas thing. He stretches a rainbow across the sky that does two things. One, it wakes up Dinty. Do rainbows have Mogwai rules now? Sure, why not? Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Because Dinty wakes up and says, you don't tell me I have to explain rainbows to leprechauns now, do you? No, but you have to explain it to us. Why are you awake? Yeah, like the audience would like to know that information there, pal. Yeah. Let's just say like he falls asleep like literally maybe four minutes before the end of the show. Like, yeah, it wraps (laughs) up super fast. I think they went after they did all the the Banshee explaining. They were like, okay, we get let's get out of here. Star white, then we're done. Like. <laughs> well, the other thing the rainbow does is it, it opens up the cave where the gold is. As we mentioned before, the rainbows are attracted to gold. So in the cave opens up and in rushes Mag the Hag. But wait, it's Christmas morning. She's too late. No, no, Christmas morning. Too late, too late. 
And she melts back into tears. And very interesting thing they did here. A huge wave crashes over her here. But the wave is traditionally animated over the stop motion. Yeah. Yeah, that was that was an interesting choice uh, a little bit that uh, that really stood out for me. I'm assuming it did for you guys as well. Oh, yeah, that's not something you commonly see in these uh, Rankin Bass sort of stop motion fairs. Right. Yeah. On one level, it feels a little bit cheap. But on the other level, I I appreciate that it looks different. Like I kind of like it, actually. Yeah, it's a cool effect. And you don't. Again, you don't see this merging those two styles very much. In the past, they would have maybe a little montage during a song that's hand-drawn, but then they cut back to stop motion, and they never mixed the Mm. two. I kind of wish they did it more. Like, you know, I wish there was a little bit more of it in this special then, because the minute that popped up, I was like, well, that's actually kind of a neat blending, but I wish there would have been some other examples of that, because it feels like it's this one-stock image in this in the special yeah if they would have used it more throughout the whole thing it would have looked really cool here i don't know if cheap is the right word but it's misused it's just out of nowhere yeah and and that's why i think it further enforces that let's wrap it up like you know like they were (laughs) and at the other end of the rainbow it's dinty ship sitting over at what looks like a port did we not think to look over there for your ship, man? <laughs> yeah. Just turns his head slightly that way. Oh, look. Now, there was a storm earlier, right? There was a storm earlier, so it must yeah. yeah, the ship could have arrived pretty quickly. But it looks like when we see it that it's been sitting there for quite a while. But No, I totally agree. Yeah, it does look that way. I think, like, in my head, I'm trying to make it work so that like the storm either pushed it out farther to sea and it had came back or I just made it so that they couldn't see it. But like, you never get a visual, like you never actually see that happen in the show. Like, yeah, that- it could be again. It's Christmas morning when this is all happening. We don't really know how many hours Dinty was asleep. We, again, we star wiped to Christmas morning right before uh, the sun rises. So, that captain, man, I'm telling you, this captain, he <laughs> is the guilty party here. You never of see all... his eyes open. He's been... No. He, of all people he's sending to do this mission, he's got blockhead Dinty doing this thing. <laughs> Not turning his head, falling for, uh, you know, the, the, the biggest sap that falls for tricks. It's, it's the, all of this falls at the captain's feet, I will say. There you go. Well... He's the one who kind of sails everyone out of there. Dinty and the leprechauns board the ship with the gold and the bright rainbow-colored shoes. They head home to Ireland, and that's it. It ends pretty abruptly. (laughs) Abruptly is uh, the right word. It's just you immediately go, okay, there's the ship, and dun-dun-dun-dun-dun-dun. Everyone's, <laughs> everybody, all the leprechauns are boarding this thing. They're saying, get, like, the funny thing is, I don't recall ever hearing that the leprechauns wanted to leave the island. You know, it's not like we got the impression that they were trapped or, and, you know, it's it's kind of almost like you get the the point where, like, did the captain go, Oh, perfect. We're going to kidnap you and put you in a zoo back home. Let's go. Like, <laughs> Well, I, he, Art Carney says at the very beginning, 
that they brought the gold back to Ireland. They never bring that up in the special again. It's just, oh, we're on an island now. I guess we live here. And then at the very end, they say, oh, it'll be so nice going home to Ireland. That's it. (laughs) Here's where they should have put Christmas in Killarney end with that. Yes. That would have been smart or like, and, and, or just play the instrumental version of that. Like sw- bring yeah. that swelling up. I mean, the, have that run over the credits at the ending. You're yeah. I mean, missed opportunity for sure. Yeah. Well, one last stupid bit of trivia about the leprechauns Christmas gold. This is according to the Christmas specials wiki website, which exists, but there's no source on it. So I'm just taking their word for it. Apparently, Arthur Rankin said once in an interview that they tried to plan a promotion for this special where they would bury prizes in random places around the country for children to dig up and find. (laughs) But they scrapped the idea over safety concerns. (laughs) Probably for the best. Probably for the best. Electrical cords and kids. Stuck in a six-foot hole they dug. <laughs> Hitting water mains. <laughs> oh, dear. <laughs> pa- like power going out in neighborhoods all right. over the yeah. Timmy yeah. fell down the well. <laughs> that would have made this special infamous in one way or another. <laughs> Any final thoughts on the Leprechaun's Christmas Gold? So this one kind of killed Rankin Bass, right? It, as far as... Was this like one of their last... Uh, holiday specials that they did they did one last stop motion after this it was the life and adventures of santa claus which was based on l frank baum uh which was fantastic but yeah after this there wasn't a lot they went on to tv and then they they took a gamble on thundercats and it was a good gamble yeah it's like uh, and it's a shame it's i don't want to say that this one broke the camel's back i think think they just ran out of material i mean they milked that uh, that holiday in a way uh, I wish I would have really liked a Rankin and Bass to have gotten their, their mitts on Halloween. Yes. I know they did mad monster party, but that doesn't really fit as like, I, it just a holiday, a Halloween special. Mm. I wish they would have had, I wish they would have done a couple of those like moved on from Christmas. It felt like there was this inability for them to go, to try anything else. And then they just abandon it all together because we, we noticed this with like the Pinocchio one and, and this one, they were just running out of ideas. Like they were kind of like, what else can like, we just, there's no other Christmas stuff to do here. Yeah. They had a few good Easter specials that I'd like to get to eventually. Well, we did first Easter rabbit and there are a few others that I want to get in the tank. They did have, a TV series for a bit called Festival of Family Classics. And there was an episode of that based on the legend of Jack O'Lantern. Oh, Uh, so that's as Halloweenish as they get. And it's Jack O'Lantern. So it's this uh, ghost who lives in a pumpkin with an Irish accent. So to tie it back to this. Now, is that traditionally animated or is it stop motion? It's traditionally animated. Yes, I think yeah, 1970 is the year on that one. Yeah, oh, I grew okay. up on that show, man. I loved that oh, show yeah? as a kid. Yeah, oh, yeah. And as fond as I am of this special, like the Leprechaun's Christmas Gold, like they clearly they are scraping the bottom of the barrel. I think you guys hit the nail on the head on that. Like, you know, they just they are out of ideas at this point. Yeah, yeah. I, I think this thing is 
is fine. And I, I, I just love spending time and I, I I'll say like in their world, the Rankin, I just love the look and feel and the voice yeah. work of just Rankin and Bass. But I don't, I mean, whether you love it or hate it, I think it's, it's undeniable that they're kind of going, we're, it, we're stretching here now. Like we're really <laughs> stretching are. for Christmas. Yes. But, right. but it is a delightful little world they built here that we lived in for 24 minutes They set up all these rules out of nowhere, and it was a fun little romp. So thank you both for volunteering yourselves for this one. Oh, man. Yeah, I I was stoked. And thank you for doing it. I get worried of what we could even possibly do next. (laughs) I have an idea. (laughs) I have an idea as well. Uh, But for now, if people want to spike your tea with generosity, where can they find you, Dejo? If you like the sound of my voice, you can hear me on the classic Film Jerks podcast and the Pop Culture Retrofit podcast. Look for those wherever you get your podcasts and find them on social media. That's how you can get a hold of me. And Michael May. Yeah, if you uh, want to hear me talk more about Christmas stuff, Sleighbell Cinema is my Christmas movie podcast, uh, completely inspired by Westfall show here. So, hey. um that and uh, and you guys have both been on episodes of that show for me and um then michaelmay.online kind of is my website that collects just the various podcasts that i do i have too many and uh, <laughs> there they will all be kind of listed out there for you there you go all right show notes as always are hidden under a fake hill of shamrocks at adventcalendar.house you can say hi to me on twitter at adventcalhouse and i'll bless your house and all See you in a couple of days. Till then, for Michael DiGiovanni and Michael May, this is Mike Westfall saying, may the wind be at your back and watch out for the icy patch on your way out. Good night. The Advent Calendar House is part of the Christmas Podcast Network, located conveniently at christmaspodcastnetwork.com. Oh, hello there. I didn't see you come in, which is odd because I set up this microphone just to record. I'm Tim Babb from the Can't Wait for Christmas podcast, and I'd like to invite you to join us every month as we talk about the traditions, the music, the movies, the food, and the fun of the merriest holiday on Earth. Plus, you'll help us answer some questions like, what is the greatest version of Jingle Bells? Bing Crosby. Is Die Hard a Christmas movie? Yes. What is the best Christmas food? Well, everybody knows that one. Hey. Imaginary listener, it sounds kind of like Kermit the Frog. Can you be quiet? If you give away all the answers, they're not going to listen to the show. All right. Sorry. Anyway, that's the Can't Wait for Christmas podcast. New episodes on the 25th of every month, wherever you get your podcasts, or at can'twaitforchristmaspod.com. Next time on the Advent Calendar House. Boys and girls, a ghost story for Christmas. The stingiest man in town. (laughs) 